Welcome to Smooch's Podcast. I'm your host, Antrell. I created the Smooch's Podcast to help inspire, to help empower, and to help you find your true authentic self through storytelling and laughter. So let's get inspired. Let's listen to some good storytelling. And if you're ready, let's get into the podcast. Smooches! Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, Smooches Podcast. I'm your host, Entrell. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to all of those who continue to come back and listen. Hello. Welcome back. Hello to all of those who might have just stumbled across the podcast for the very first time. Hello. I hope you guys have had a great week. I hope your upcoming week goes well. Let's get into things. So I don't know if you guys have heard, but um, it's been this thing going around that the, what is it? The Gen Zers are looking older than what they are. And that the millennials are looking a lot younger. And you know what? Some, (laughs) there are some. I think that only because currently right now, like there are so many influencers that are, I don't know, just like heavy makeup influencers. And I feel like makeup ages you makeup sometimes it helps to um it helps to I guess smooth out imperfections or hide things and I think that consistently wearing it will actually wear down your skin and make you look a lot older than what you are and I feel like there's a lot of Gen Zers who are currently wearing makeup. And um, I think the millennials really didn't really overdo it or didn't wear the heavy makeup. And they didn't start so young in their life wearing makeup. So I know for myself, I think that I didn't really start even getting interested into makeup until maybe about my 30s. And then I think that I really started to say, oh, well, let me try out some concealer or, you know, different things like that. And I never really felt like I there was a need for me to wear it. Um, but this day and age, everything is so superficial. Everything will... People want things to look perfect and no one's perfect, but the need and the want and the, I guess, attractive part of being beautiful, everybody wants it. Men want it. Women want it. So there is a need to do things to your face. There's a need to do things to your body. There's a need to 
make yourself look like a whole nother person. And people <laughs> and men are saying that they feel like they are being catfish because women are wearing this makeup. And then when they take it off, they're not this person. And it is kind of like a catfish, you know, but that's what the society is built on. And I think that's why a lot of the Gen Zers are possibly looking a lot older. But here's the thing. There are some that look really young, really, really young. And um, I don't know, you know. And then I think that, too, because when I see a lot of the girls, they look older than me, and especially in the body. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking they're like my age or something like that. So. I guess it's just like, it It depends, you know, who's the heavy makeup wear? Who's the heavy person that, um, who's the, no, not heavier person, but who's the person who eats out more? This could definitely affect your appearance. And then with the makeup, it could affect your looks and things like that. And everybody feels like they need to have an additive in their skincare routines and things like that. And I don't really feel like it's necessary but I feel like that a lot of people are feeling the need to have to use this product, try this product. And it's probably just really not necessary. I think we're just doing too much these days. And I think that the Gen Zers are probably just really getting influence heavy. And when you start using so many different products, you don't know what's in half of these things and you could be overdoing it. You might not be overdoing it. If you're not really under the care of a dermatologist, you don't really know what you are doing. So I think that could have a lot to do with it. And then again, it could be genetics. You know, I think that genes, uh, the genetic pool in my family, we have a lot of young looking women. So we age very well. So that is a great thing. So I don't absolutely look my age and I love it. And I hope I continue to take care of myself where I don't look my age because baby, I mean, nothing's like keep nothing's like keeping your youth. <laughs> um, even if you're aging in the number pool, <laughs> it's nothing like keeping your youthful look. So it, I guess it really all depends, too, on how you take care of yourself. And I really try to take care of myself heavy, not with a lot of drinking and things like that. I try to pay attention to the products that I'm using, all of that, because I know that plays into your skin aging and you aging well. So I think that's what has to do um, a lot with the Gen Zers possibly looking older and maybe the millennials looking a lot younger because a lot of the millennials are still not using all of the products that are out currently right now. And because they got started so later on in life, it's not really going to affect them because I was told that you wear makeup and things like that when you absolutely need it. So as you start to age, you start to see some different changes. And then if you want to kind of perfect that, then you would use whatever products the best that you could get your hands on to kind of smooth things out. So I think that we're speeding up. We're using too much too soon. And that could have effects on our appearance. So, yeah, I think that's really, really the reason why. Okay, so here's another thing that I've seen and I really wanted to talk about because 
I think that we are living in a world where we are very superficial, y'all. Like, I, I just keep saying that, but I really do believe we are living in a day and where we just are so caught up in materialistic things. And um, I just think that that is the main focus of a lot of people, how to have the best of the best. And it's no more living simple. Absolutely not. It is how to have the best of the best. So I came across this this story. Well, yes, yes, a story. Um, <laughs> and it was a girl who was put out of a guy's home because she criticized the ring that he gave her. I'm thinking this was a proposal ring. She criticized it. And, um, ooh. Okay, so I started to ask around, like, hey, to women that were, that I know or I'm around and all ages, just asking, does the size of the diamond or ring or whatever make a difference? And so there were some older women who basically said, Yes, <laughs> the size of the ring absolutely matters. And so I wanted to know more. And there were some funny jokes going around. One of the women said, well, you know, my vision is getting kind of bad these days, so I need to be able to see it. <laughs> so that was funny. <laughs> Got a little chuckle out of that. And then you had other women stating that it did make a difference only because that shows that you had put some thought into it and that you really care about me. And that was um, interesting because uh, I thought about it. So after, I'm just thinking about my situation and the ring, the first, very first ring that I got was really nice, was thoughtful. Seriously, ladies. And um, that meant a lot to me. And, um, ooh, I don't want to sound superficial, but I feel like when you look like you put effort into it, I think that really shows that how much you care for me. It, it does, and not in a materialistic way, but in a way that you put thought into it. Because I feel like we can go out and purchase and buy anything, but to actually show that you put thought into it and this is what you bought me, that means a whole lot. And um, so I guess the size doesn't really matter. It's the thought that's put into it. Because listen here, he can, if he's not in a, the best predicament at the moment, you can always upgrade that ring. So I think that the ring size does not matter, but the thought counts. Uh, you can get the bottom of the barrel ring, which is just like, did you really put any thought into it or you just wanted to give me a shut up ring? Because those are such thing. There's a such thing as a shut up ring and there's a ring that says that you put some thought into it. And if you put some thought into it, I will be able to detect that and see that. But if you didn't put any thought into it, that will show too. And then 
I'm thinking that you will have the intentions on upgrading after a, a few years or so. And that's what I would be hoping. Now, if you have the same ring after some years and that per that man has not thought about upgrading it, whoa, yeah, that says a lot. And just like if you were to get your your husband a ring, you know, to give him and the ring is not that spectacular, but after a certain amount of time, will you upgrade it? Absolutely. If not, you might not care about what he has on his hand. And men care about rings just as much as women. So I feel like the thought really will show. And my expectations would be that you still care about me. And maybe you will think about changing that ring after a few years. And it can sound superficial. I really don't care. But I feel like if you really care about a person, you're going to want them to have something nice on their hand because they represent you. You're the one who bought this for them. And if you want them to walk around with something that reflects you, you got to make it look good because that's going to be your wife. And when everybody looks at her hand, they're going to be like, oh, that's that's what you got her because she didn't buy that ring herself. And if she did, dang. You know, but you bought that ring for her. So that's a reflection of you. So you want to really think about that at the end of the day. I think that his feelings were um, involved. And I think that he was trying. I I feel like the girl went really left, y'all. If y'all have checked out the video, she went really left and... um, She was just saying, like, you knew what type of woman I was when you got with me. And I'm like, ooh, that might not be a good sign because (laughs) what type of woman were you? Like, were you like the type that's just that loves opulence? And I mean, but you also know what type of man you have and what his predicament is at that moment. So there's a lot that goes in is involved with this. Like you have to know who you're getting with when you're getting with them, man and woman, like period, because this was just a recipe for disaster. I think they both didn't know each other. And now, you know, (laughs) so if you haven't seen that video, please look it up and check it out. Okay, so some other big news, y'all. So I was on TikTok. Oh, my goodness. Like, I mean, I am kind of up to date with some of the streaming services and the movies and things like that that are coming up. But something I seen that was so spectacular, y'all, I was on TikTok. And if you guys are 80s or 90s babies, like, do you remember Jodeci? Okay, so I'm hoping that you do. (laughs) And if you don't, Google them. Um, Go on Apple Music or Tidal or Spotify and look their music up because it is everything. But y'all, they have a movie coming out for this group, Jodeci. Oh my goodness. I am on board. I cannot wait till this comes out. I don't even have a subscription to BET Plus, but baby, I'm going to get it because I'm going to be watching. Jodeci was everything back in the 90s, y'all. Like everything. Forever My Lady. Oh my God. After Party. The Ooh, y'all. Listen, 
Love me some Jodeci. And we all know there was a lot of stuff going on with Jodeci that we did not know, some that we did know. We know that Mary J. Blige dated one of the members of Jodeci. Like, and that was a really interesting relationship. So I will be watching. I want to see what they put into the production because I feel like BET can make some great movies. Uh, I love what they did with the New Edition movie. If Had you guys seen that? Like New Edition was another group that I absolutely love along with BBD. Oh my God, <laughs> y'all. So, I mean, they just did that so well and um, I cannot wait. So I wanted to share that with you guys. So be on the lookout. This movie will be coming out soon and I cannot absolutely wait. I will be talking about this on the podcast. I cannot wait. Okay, so there's another topic that has been on my mind, guys. You know, I get on here and I start to kind of express my thoughts a little bit. So... Why is it that so many people, or no, not so many people, but why is it that people who have the big friend groups are the ones with the nastiest attitudes, right? Right? Am I right or am I wrong? Like, I don't know. Like, that's what I have been seeing. So I feel like the people with the worst attitudes have the biggest friend groups. And I started to think about this. And I'm like, okay, so why is this? And, you know, I don't have a big friend group. Absolutely not at all. I do not have a big friend group. One, because I'm an introvert. Okay. And I like being by myself and I need time to recharge all of that good stuff. So I can only take people in small doses. That is just me. That's the realistic part of my life. And I'm okay with it. Um, I don't have a big friend group and I don't desire to have one. Uh, but those ones who have the worst attitudes have the biggest friend groups. And I was just thinking about this. The reason I'm thinking behind it, because I've been in situations like that, all of them have kind of like the same nasty attitude, really. Like it all connects. And um, it's just because it has to be like you when you are around certain people, you connect on some type of level. Right. It's just not just because. And then sometimes you're there by a mistake. Right. <laughs> you're there by a mistake until you wake up and realize. But um yeah, a lot of those people that hang out together, they have the same attitude. So I'm thinking that's why the nasty ones click together. And that's why, because they have a big friend group, because they all hang out together. They have bad attitudes. So yes, if you ever are around a group of women and um, you are just checking out the scenery and the vibes, just check it out because sometimes I don't know how I get in certain situations, but after checking out everybody's attitude and the way that they move, you know really quickly if this is going to be who you click with and if you're not going to be able to mesh well. And then sometimes in those situations, there might be one 
person which will link everybody and you might just be able to be with that one person that initially bought you into the situation but not be able to hang out with the full dynamic of the group and then it kind of makes you want to start analyzing the person that you're with because if they're with these people and they have certain attitudes and they're you know these type of people you you want to start looking at them because they might secretly be that type of person too. Like you just don't know. Like, oh my goodness. And this makes you just think, hmm, things to make you go, hmm. <laughs> things to really make you think. Because I just I just noticed that. I just noticed like the the some uh, some, I'm not saying all, but I feel like most of them are like that. But you do have some big groups that are God-fearing women who have very good attitudes. And the vibe is good. Like, you can find some. Um, There are few, I I believe. Um, But I feel like there's more, or the ones who do have the larger groups, it's all about the sophistication is all about that gossipy and everything else and that's what makes the group vibe like I just I can't like I get wore out from that type of stuff but I was just noticing that have you guys noticed that just pay attention and let me know if I'm wrong but this is what I'm feeling and I feel like that I see but you know if that is a part of having a big friend group then count me out because I don't want it and I'm not looking for it. I just need a few good people and we are good. I need somebody that I can talk to, somebody I could be spiritual with if I need to, somebody who I can cry on their shoulder sometimes, somebody who's going to be my ride or die, somebody who is a friend. You know, uh, I don't need 5,000 people that just becomes very hectic in my head, in my world, because I don't, I already can't operate around a lot of individuals. So just imagine if I'm around a big friend group, girl, that will just, that will be overwhelming to me. So I don't have to have a big friend group. Okay. So here's my last really real topic before we get into the podcast episode topic. So You know, I will never, I feel like, be that type of woman who will be 100% okay with just being a stay-at-home girlfriend or wife. I just, I can't. Um, I always will have something on the side, 100%, depending on my man to take care of me. No. If he wants to do 75%, that's great. But I'm still going to have my own and do my own thing while he's taking care of me. Like, I absolutely don't have any problem with that, especially as a married woman. Like, I feel like that, yes, my, I'm on, he can do everything. Yes, he can do everything if he wants to. I'm still not going to stop doing what I do. Um, I might not do much of it, but I'm still going to have my own where I'm comfortable. So if I didn't have whatever he had going on, that I still would be okay. I feel like that we are living in a world today where 
women, we definitely want to be pampered and taken care of as girlfriends, as wives. And um, we don't want to, some of us don't want to do anything really. We want that soft life. (laughs) We want to be pampered and it is absolutely okay. But here's the thing. What happens when that person can no longer provide for you if you're in a marriage and he gets ill and he just can't take care of the household? You're going to be devastated, right? Because you're going to be put into a position where you have to figure it out. And if you have not had to figure it out for years and you have had the support of him that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. And if you are that girlfriend that is being supported by your man, if he decides, okay, that's enough. I've seen some more eye candy that I want. I'm going to go out and get it and bye-bye. And what are you going to do? So I will never be okay, 100% okay with my man taking care of me 100% and me not doing anything. And have you heard of these girls called the Sprinkle Sprinkle Girls? These are the girlies who like a man to take care of them 100%. And I didn't know this was a real thing, but look it up on TikTok. The Sprinkle Sprinkle Women. This is really interesting. How many of you ladies out there would not want your man taking care of you 100% or would want your man taking care of you 100%. Let me know because I think uh, we are very, I don't want to say, I, I, the independent life has been embedded in a lot of us only because we've been so hurt and let down by men. So we really are like earning our own and getting our own these days. We are entrepreneurs. We are owning businesses like we're doing it. So a lot of us are not really holding strong to a man taking care of us. We could care less. And we don't care about that 50-50 stuff. Really in a relationship, I got you, you got me, period. And it's not really based on 50-50 and all that weird stuff. Like this is just wild how this stuff comes up and comes about. But the th- the day of the housewife has always been around. the The day of the the kept woman who's been taking care of this this these situations have always been around. I think it's just coming to a point where it's heightened because women are just in an era where um, they're the prize. And absolutely, I believe that. But it just it's a lot of scariness going on because when you look to a man to support you 100%. If anything happens, what do you do? So I'm thinking that these women are not going in blindly. They they are setting something aside, I'm hoping, because I, I just, I think that is so scary. That is so scary. I hear a lot of horror stories about women who have had their husbands pass away, who have had their boyfriends walk out on them and leave them, and they're devastated and they have nothing and they're scraping. With the marriage, I can say it might be you you will have more support coming your way if your husband or whatever decides to leave you. There is security, but as a girlfriend, that could be kind of scary. Both situations could be scary, but I think the girlfriend part is more scary if you're just solely supported by a man. I've heard a woman say before, well, things are so tough now and that I'm not dating. I don't know, like if I can even keep my apartment anymore or if I can drive my car anymore. And that is just wild to me. That is wild. 
I, I, I just would never be 100% okay with that. How many of you agree with what I'm saying? I'm not a sprinkle, sprinkle girl. I am definitely one who has my own. And um, I like to do nice things for my man. My man does nice things for me more than I do for myself. So, but I will never be that person who would 100% be dependent on my man. Um, what do you guys think? Okay, so this brings us to the topic that I wanted to talk about on this podcast episode, and it is starvation of touch. This was really wild. Um, There was a Reddit post of a woman who said that she has touch starvation. And I thought to myself, like, hmm, is this really a real thing? And can someone be starved from touch? So it turns out that it is a real thing. And that individuals can be starved of touch. It's touch deprivation. And having touch starvation, you can become stressed, anxious, and depressed. And the story of the woman who had this uh, touch starvation basically was just saying that she had, she's longing for affection, like touch, hugs, and things like that from people with intention who love her. Because she was getting some people saying like, okay, well, if you want touch, go and get a pedicure, go and get a manicure, go and get a massage. And that's, and she said, that's not the same. That's not the same as getting human touch from someone else that really cares about you, that really loves you. And, you know, it, it got me to thinking because I feel like this day and age, we are the independent nation, right? We are in the United States, we are so independent as women, as men. And a lot of us, we know that a lot of us are not wanting to be with each other. We have conflicts between each other. And if you don't do this, if you can't be with me, and if you don't provide that, you can't be with me. So a lot of us are in this situation where we are living alone. We are living alone. We don't live with anyone. We're doing this independent thing on our own and we go a long time without touch. And just think if someone doesn't have their parents to even be around them, to give them that affection, they have really no family, they have no kids and things like that. So they're not getting that type of human touch and affection. And I can see where that can be a real situation because um if you're that type of person, though, who doesn't really care to be touched, like, I guess this doesn't apply to you. Um, you will never have those feelings. But I feel like still, even in those individuals, you still might come across a person who wants to be touched and maybe they just don't want to at the moment in time but or it's secretly they like being touched, but they just act like it's an ick. Um, <laughs> but they really do like being touched, but they are not deprived of it. Um, but people who are, I really feel like this is a thing because I do know from research that babies who were in like orphanages who didn't have 
um, one-on-one with parents because you know when you have like a newborn baby, they get a lot of touches, they get a lot of hugs, they get coddled and things like that. And just think about those babies who are in orphanages and then they don't have someone to 24 hours or even just every once in a while touch and hug them that they they can kind of go starved of affection and hugs and 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 affection. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Hugs and kisses and all that. Like so they are deprived. They are starved of touch. And I think this is a real thing, but now instead of us being starved for touch um like instead of it just being like a foreign thing, it is a more common thing. And I feel like that it's a more common thing because a lot of us are just be living alone. We're just living alone. And then I think that this creates a recipe for disaster because I think this is where hookups come about, right? Those unintentional hookups or the those just fly by night hookups come about because a person just might be in the mood for touch or whatever. And then they go out, they get that one night stand and it's like, you still are not fulfilled. So I think it is a real thing. I think touch starvation can be devastating as well, because if you go so long without, I think some type of form of affection uh, I feel that you you can make yourself depressed. You start feeling lonely. You you get a little anxious, um, and I think this all starts to play on you and your emotions. You can start feeling things that you probably would have not felt had you f- had that uh, fulfillment filled by someone, right? By someone giving you that affection. And going so long, I feel like without it, it can make you emotional. It absolutely can. And especially if you're seeing like different things on the television screen or maybe people that you're around and they have these awesome relationships and they're hugged up on each other and they're just like having love for each other. And then you've gone a long time without it. I think this also is a recipe for disaster for people jumping into relationships because they don't want to be without that affection. I think there are so many layers to this that you cannot begin to kind of pull apart at all because it can make you do things that you probably wouldn't have done if you had consistent love and affection around you. And I guess that's also based on having those some important or close people around you. It might not be family, but it could be someone else that you have formed a bond with. Someone in your church, right? It could be, I don't know. Does Should I dare to say someone that you work with? Because I have, I'm an introvert at work. So that probably would not be me. Like, because by all means, I stay in my office. So <laughs> that would not be me. So maybe somebody at work, maybe a neighbor. I don't know. It seems kind of weird. I don't know. But it could be a friend as well. Um, But I think that's where the importance comes around of having a few close people by you. Because I think that no one can go 
for a very long time without touch or love. And I think that's why a lot of people have support animals these days, right? I think that's why there are support animals out these days because we live in a world where we are by ourselves. So in order for us not to be by ourselves, because that, again, builds up so much anxiety. So now we have this anxiety. We need a support pet to kind of calm that anxiety uh, down and kind of give us that affection that we have been missing and makes us feel a little more secure as well. Yes, I do feel that uh, affection makes you feel a little more secure when you're out here in the world. Because I think that that becomes an isolated situation that you don't have any support and you're just out here living alone by yourself. That can feel very isolating and make you feel very alone and depressed. You know, and I feel that when you do have people that care for you, it does bring on confidence and make you feel like you can live another day. <laughs> you could take on what the world has for you to, to deal with everything another day. And those who don't have it, it can make you sad. And just listening to that whole situation with this person was just heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking. And it's nothing like having touch. And that I'm really truly thinking about it. I like to have affection. Absolutely. I'm always hugging on my kids. They might not like it all the time. You know, one might like it more than the other, but I'm always hugging on them. Always. You know, I get to a point, I'm always hugging on my husband. I'm always hugging on the ones that are around me. And that makes me feel good. I like when they give me affection as well. Before, it was a little hard for me to take. Like before I became that girl that had kids and had a whole relationship, oh, that would give me a yuck because I was just like, why are you all up on me? Like seriously. But it started meaning more to me. As I got, I guess, a particular a certain age. And maybe that's where you have to be as well. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really think so. I think that was just something going on with me. <laughs> For real. Like, I think that was just me and my personality. But I feel like everyone needs affection starting from a young age. I really do. And yeah, so I do believe that affection, starvation, starvation of touch is a real thing. So I was on the internet and I was on WebMD and I found this article about, and it says, it describes what is touch starvation. So it says this, touch starvation is a condition that happens when you don't get as much physical touch as you're used to or any at all. You crave contact, but can't interact with others for some reason. It's also known as touch deprivation or skin hunger. Oh, wow. And it says people may develop touch starvation because of social distancing during COVID-19 pandemic 
but it can happen with any lack of physical touch, such as children in orphanages and elderly people in hospitals who do not get enough positive contact. And I think this is so true. I really didn't think that this was a thing, but it is a thing. It is a thing. Oh my goodness. I didn't, I, I, and to hear somebody actually convey this and come out and say this is huge. It's huge because I would have never heard of that. Like I've, I've heard of the research and how babies sometimes will pass away in orphanages because they don't have uh, touch, right? I, I, I had heard of that only because the field that I'm in, but people actually speaking out about this and having these situations, I think it possibly could have been heightened, like the article said, due to back when the panorama was going on, that people became deprived of touch because you were social distancing from everybody. And you know what? I'm a... I'm an introvert, right? So if you are an introvert, you could actually have this type of situation going on as well. Because a lot of introverts really isolate themselves. Like they don't really socialize hugely. So I can see this happening with introverts. I'm I'm just, I'm just, I'm just blown away by this topic. Have you guys heard about anything like this before? Because this is the first for me with normal everyday people. Wow. So I just want to say to anybody who feels like they are alone or maybe like suffering from this um, to maybe start trying to get yourself out there. I don't know if you're like long distance from someone that you might know. You might want to start like just FaceTiming them or finding some type of way to, you know, to be able to physically see them, even though you're not right in front of them, just so that you don't suffer from this. And then um, you could also like um, sign up for some activities uh, you don't where you, you you may not know anybody, but to have those interactions with people and you might be able to build friendships, right? Friendships where you can start feeling that affection and start having that interaction and that so you don't become deprived. Right. And also, like I was mentioning, having maybe a support pet around you. Uh, something that makes you feel good, something that gives you gives you love back that so you're not missing this huge, big part in your life. But this is very interesting. I, I think it's really sad. And um, I just I never really even thought deeply about this until I ran across this. So. Yeah, just it gave me something really to think about and to really know that I I like touch. I really do. I think that I sometimes will even get an attitude if I'm not getting my hugs for my husband or something like that, my affection. I think something's going on. Like I'm like, Mm-mm, no, what is happening? I do not want to hear tired, no nothing like 
we don't go a time where it's not. We speak words, we hug, like something, right? And oh man, just be just having people to know that people are out here who has who have nothing. And even if you didn't have a significant other, like some people have kids, right? Or some people have just family around them that give them that or friends around them that give them that. But just to have no interaction like that, that would do something to me too, right? I feel like that would do something to me too. So guys, I don't know. What do you think about this? Get the conversation going. I feel like this is something that needs to be talked about and it's really interesting, right? So I wanted to talk about that because I love love, right? I love affection. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Please, it does not cost you anything to rate the podcast, to share the podcast, to subscribe to the podcast. Please, it doesn't cost you anything to do these things. And I would love that you would do that. Please follow Smooch's podcast on all social media streams. Smooch's podcast, email Smooch's podcast with your suggestions for the podcast, Smooch's podcast at gmail.com. Um, I want to say thank you for always coming back and tuning in. I hope that you tune in to the next week's episode. And I love you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of the Smooches Podcast family. Without you, this could not happen. So I want to thank you again. And until the next time, Smooches!